Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. See, senior, dimly lit room on a Friday deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound surrounded by moats and razor wire. But not much defense against a ransomware attack. We're vulnerable. And Practically today, none. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. American government officials, call them public servants if you have a sense of humor, who covered up for the communist Chinese because they were covering their own heinies. So you read the entire Vanity Fair article, I understand. Well, almost. I almost got to the end of it. I only had ten hours, and so I ran out of time to finish the conclusion. But, yeah, I read most of it. I want to ask more about that coming up in a little bit. So it's Friday. we got that Friday feeling around here. We've fired up the daiquiri machine. Look at you in your salmon-colored shirt, roughly. Very festive. This salmon? Thought it was, I thought it was orange. Daiquiri's fish machine. What, what flavor daiquiris are we having? Do you know, Sean, what flavor daiquiris are we making? Uh, summer summer fruit season is here. We're doing peach daiquiris. Awesome. Yeah, no, time and classic. The ladies favorite. love it. The yep. ladies love it. Aren't, aren't we a manly show with our peach daiquiris and our salmon-colored shirts? How many umbrellas do you want in your drink, Jack? Well, based on my shirt, four. Okay. <laughs> I like your shirt. Uh, I do too. I do. This that's is not mockery. It's why. That's why I bought it. It wasn't forced upon me. Yeah, um, it, it looks like this sort of like artificially colored salmon you get sometimes in the fish case, not the natural wild caught. You know, I hate to be a part of this at all, at all. The Armstrong and Getty Show. No. Yeah. Some days, me too. Oh, no, what? not at all. <laughs> Just this mindset of. Uh, I'm getting a divorce, so I'm buying some new clothes. I mean, I just... Oh, boy. I can't walk around looking like a slob anymore unless I want to sit alone in my house for the rest of my life, you know? so. Oh, oh boy. So that's why I have a new shirt. (laughs) Wow. That's that's the whole thing. Anyway, back to the Vanity Fair article. Um, uh, I saw highlights from it yesterday, and I was uh, was really intrigued, and I was hoping you were going to read it because I didn't have time. Um... (laughs) Uh, but it's 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 what the it, it lived up to the highlights. Yes, and this absolutely. Is all about the origin of the coronavirus and why, despite so much evidence pointing to the fact that it leaked from the lab, China, the the government, the media, everybody decided, nah, let's pretend it didn't. Yeah, I think really the key aspect to it is the origin of the resistance to the notion that it escaped from the lab, and it is absolutely. A story of uh, self-interest, hiney covering, aggressive lying, and, and this will come as a surprise to exactly no one, and a, a media establishment that was so vehemently, wildly anti-Trump, they would echo and they would, t- they would, they would advocate for anything that seemed to be anti-Trump as if it was their most profound religious belief. They would believe it completely, enthusiastically. They would defend it as if they had uncovered the data themselves, even though it was utterly fictional. 
I need to relook at or rethink about so many things that I've learned about history throughout my life where you're trying to figure out, okay, A happened, so B happened. Why did why did B happen? It doesn't quite make sense. All these things, I don't think they get covered by history properly. You know, how many people surrounding, you know, Millard Fillmore, just pick a random president, you know, didn't like him. <laughs> so so that's the reason that policy you know, this policy wasn't followed as opposed to this policy. I'm, I'm not sure that stuff makes it into history books. Right. Yeah. I mean, for instance, uh, Ulysses S. Grant wanted with every fiber of him to not have uh, corruption. But he was surrounded by corrupt people. And so, you know, he's seen as, as his presidency was full of corruption. Uh, that's that's true in a way. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, well, I, just, I will tell you this, though. The capacity for people to do wrong if it serves their self-interest, is never-ending. And we must always remember that when we're talking about government and designing government and trusting government. You're a fool if you trust the government. The government is full of humans, and humans protect their butt no matter the cost. Well, maybe I'm just in a philosophical mood, but just in general, we should all work very, very hard. There's some quote from Orwell about the hardest thing to do is see the truth even when it's right in front of your face, something like that. Um, we should all work really, really hard to try to see what is actually going on and not what we want to be going on. Apparently, our brains are better at convincing us of what we want than what is actually happening right in front of our nose. I mean, that's an Orwell quote going way back, and it just seems to be human nature. Right. I actually have a great example of that. Maybe we'll get to it at the bottom of the hour, and it involves many billions of dollars of your tax uh, money. You know, Jack's feeling philosophical. I'm feeling angry that so much of our money, and I don't know about y'all, but I have a feeling you bust your butt. You go to work when you don't want to. You'd rather be doing other things, but you're working, you're working, you're working. Then the government takes a big chunk of it, and they give it to their buddies to ensure their votes and ensure their power, and you ought to be pissed off, too. I'm sorry, this is a terrible way to start the show. Hey, this peach, I'd like to apologize. This peach daiquiri that Sean made is practically clear. Is there any peach in this thing? i got four hours i got to be able to talk here. I'll give you the smaller straw. <laughs> you know, I, I, had a, I had a word with him. I'm like, hey, 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 this is our bar. Don't, you, don't, don't be pouring me this weak-ass drink. Exactly. We're, exactly. Not doing, we're not doing bottle counts at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, nobody's measuring anything. We bought the liquor. Pour, baby, pour. This is not a for-profit bar. This exactly. is a for-intoxication bar. This is a for-forgetting-my-problems for bar. A for-fun bar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's for fun, not for profit. That's funny. Um, you know, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. Didn't help the Lakers last night, but we'll introduce our technical director over there to kick off the show, Michael uh, Michelangelo. How are you this morning, Michael? I am well rested. Um, you know, people in the past, they did a lot of physical labor outside, but they slept well. Yep. And My dad I, talks about that all the time. Yeah, I did some extensive physical labor and, and yesterday, and boy, did I sleep well last hmm. night. I feel great. God, it's so obvious and so ignored that uh, up until very recently, all human beings wore themselves out every single day, and they didn't have very much anxiety and depression. And now everybody's got anxiety and depression, but refuses to look toward the idea of perhaps we need to wear our bodies out every day. Yeah. Or at least more often. Like, more, you know, how many people don't wear themselves out once a month? Yeah, I just got to figure out what I want to do to do that. 
Yeah, know, I mean, treadmill or a Peloton. As chop we, wood. As we always mention, it I don't was, have any wood. As we always mention, it was necessity that made prior generations do this. It's not like they just had more character than us and went out and worked so hard to exercise. They didn't have any other choice. That's what most jobs were. Well, that's how you had to feed yourself or whatever. They would have laid around like us too had they had you know office jobs sitting at a computer. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Um, I need I needed to I, that struck a nerve right there, Michael, because I had a uh, therapist the other day saying you need to get lots and lots of exercise. That's the best thing for your uh, your mind, your mood, where you are in your life. Uh, there's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. I'm trying to track down that Orwell quote that you had. Uh, it was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. No, that, that's, that the, that's the first line okay, from so 1984. That's, that's not it. That's not it. Hmm. <laughs> All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. No, that doesn't have the truth about it. One. No, in no, a time no. of deceit telling, the truth is a revolutionary act. That's uh, That one has at least has truth in it. I feel like I'm getting closer. Something about right before your nose, because I know nose is involved. Can you see me standing here? I got my back against the record machine. No, no that's, that's from the album 1984, Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep working on it. Yes, we will. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be Friday, June 4th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program? Okay, let's put down our daiquiris and get to work. It's time to begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. The three ball has been on the money tonight for the Suns. 18 threes. That threes. And the Phoenix Suns have gone on the road after missing the playoffs for 11 consecutive years and beaten the defending champion on their home court in the first round. That's among the worst losses in LeBron's career, I gotta believe. Home Oof. court, defending champion, and as you could hear, the final card call did not include a cheering crowd like, oh, they just but, but barely beat him at the button. No, it had been over for so long, the crowd's like kind of filed out. Dullsville, daddy Just yeah. read that 10% of the people in the LA metro area are planning on leaving in the next year. Now you know why. <laughs> They're heading to Phoenix. <laughs> you know what? Uh, time passes, torches get passed. They got some 22-year-olds that can uh, run really, really fast. And LeBron is still LeBron, but he is, what, is he 38 now? I believe that's right, yeah. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. Boy, how old am I? <laughs> carry, carry the floor. Oh, my God. Uh, thir- oh, no. 36. We 36. Added, yeah. But still, let's, you know, that's, he's not 22 anymore. That's 64 in most professional athlete worlds. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, so how's mailbag look? Oh, very nice. Plus, we have cow clips of the week coming up in moments. We'll dig into some of that Vanity Fair article, which explains how the government and everybody else ignored the obvious root of the coronavirus, which could have given the world a chance to put pressure on China and actually do something about this. Anyway, lots of stuff to talk about today. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Um, a variety of things today. Let's go for variety. I like variety. Sure. On a Friday. It's the spice of life, but you've said you don't like spices. Uh, not, no, I don't, I don't believe variety is the spice of life. I like the same things every day for the most part. Variety is the crutch of the indecisive. There you go. 
Bright what? is the crush Shut of the indecisive. Up. I agree what? 100%. That's stupid. You're stupid. Make a choice. <laughs> you're, you're stupid is a good argument. Um, I actually have dug up the freedom-loving quote of the day. Could you hit the fife and drums? Because... Or are we going to do that after Cal? We see. see, we see we've got you, a new. You know what? We've got a new format now. We don't know what the rules are. You don't. I do. You usurped me. I was going to introduce you as a guest. Freedom loving quote of the day. I was very excited Fight. about it. Usurper. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. I tell you what. Let's everybody calm down. <laughs> Maybe there's been too much to drink. Let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cal Clips of the Week. This year, it's going to be 135,000 people packing into the motor speedway here. The air travel record of the pandemic, set only back on Friday, won 1.96 million people flew. Oh my goodness, what is going on? Out on the floor, and a diving tackle by the security. Only sense I have is a sense of relief that we're finally going to try to find the true origins of this virus. We don't have proof that this came out of the Wuhan lab yet, okay? And we may never have proof because the people who should have been pushing for an investigation in 2020 instead steered us in a completely different direction. Look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. No one's ever built a 62-foot steel chicken before. Who and what is responsible for those more than 100 reported cases of so-called Havana syndrome? So we just channeled all of our adoration and love for each other into Ross and Rachel. And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel. And so would he. The Rock, Caitlyn Jenner, Matthew McConaughey, Randy Quaid, they all have suggested lately that when it comes to running the country, they have what it takes. And they do. Malignant narcissism. This is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not going to happen. Let's go uh, Mad Men. No more computers. How much would that hurt us? There was meat before there was the internet. So I think the summer is going to be very low virus levels. I think it's going to feel like normal again. Yeah, speaking of meat, cow clips of the week. Well done. Go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome co-host Jack Armstrong for a special guest freedom-loving quote of the day. This is really freedom from your own ignorance. It's a George Orwell quote, and it fits in with the Vanity Fair article we're going to talk about, and you can apply it to your life, to your business, to all kinds of things. It is uh, human nature. To see what is in front of one's nose needs a constant struggle. And I think about that a lot. It is very, it's, it's, you think, really cross eyed. You think, <laughs> you think you're walking around as a person, and I know what's going on. I pay attention. I know what's real and what's not. You don't. Your, your mind's ability to ignore what's in front of your own nose because you either don't want it to be that way or your confirmation bias or all kinds of different reasons is just, it's a struggle every day. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that in a podcast someday. Go all philosophical on everybody. I think part of it is just that we don't want to be challenged constantly. It takes too much energy. Could be. Mailbag. I'm challenging you to write us a coherent and entertaining email. 
Send it to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, here's Jesse. Yo, he writes. The topic of port versus starboard on boats. Hmm. In ancient vessels, the rudder or steerboard used to be on the right side of the ship because most people are right-handed. Due to this, ships had to dock on the other side, the left or port side. The right side of the ship was the steerboard side, and they pulled up to the port on the port side. So if you left had, had a left-handed cap- captain and you set off to circumnavigate the globe, yes. you'd just turn around and run right back into the dock? Yes, over and over again, until he was hanged or burnt as a witch. <laughs> Something. This is, look it up. It's history. Uh, let's see. These rosy GDP numbers are a great example of Goodhart's Law, writes JT. Frequent correspondent JT in Livermore. Jack talked about the rosy GDP numbers, and I instantly wondered if GDP had been tainted by Goodhart's Law. First, a little common sense. How can we claim that GDP will exceed pre-pandemic levels this year, or even this quarter? And he mentioned some, several of the facts and headwinds. He says... Uh, uh, he's calling BS. He says, to put it simply, printing money counts positively toward mm. the GDP. Mm. If the U.S. were to mint a $10 trillion coin, a.k.a. government spending, the GDP would go up by $10 trillion, even though no actual products or services have been created. That's a pretty interesting point. I haven't heard anybody address that. Yeah, that's an excellent point, JT, and we thank you for making that. Uh, we have listeners that smart. And they, the, yeah, radio, the radios must be broken. Yeah, a few of them. Uh, let's see. That's kind of long. Guys, writes Paolo, anybody who wants to be vaccinated can be free. CDC says masks unnecessary for vaccinated people even indoors. The uh, death toll is sinking. So what does California do during a bad flu year? Make everybody mask up and stay home? No, of course not, because the numbers are similar right now. Armstrong and Getty. This is not what we're going to talk about right now, but I would say, for the first time, I'm getting uh, disdainful of having to put on my mask. It's not a uh, hill. It's not a hill I'm willing to die on. I'm not going to like cause a stir, or fight, or anything like that. You're not going to fight a stortus over it. <laughs> but 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 I'm to the point now that every time I have to put on my mask, I think to myself, "This is stupid." Yeah, it's stupid and useless. And and I I never thought that before. Now, oh, that's right. I got to put on my stupid mask to walk in this building. Okay, fine. Or to the store, or whatever. I'm vaccinated. Every other adult here is vaccinated based on the statistics. So I was trying to frantically summarize an email at the end of the last segment. We were up against a hard break, and let's face it, I failed. But what I was trying to paraphrase was that in terms of the COVID numbers, it is a mediocre flu season at this point in Cal Unicornia, for instance. Um, and the measures that remain in place are, well, I was going to say they're, they're far beyond what happens in flu season. No, oh. they're like, I mean, it's, it's a different planet. Aside from the last year, they're beyond anything that's ever happened in my life or maybe the last hundred years. And yet they remain. Yet they remain. Out of uh, hyper-caution and fixation on one goal above all others, as we were discussing. If you missed the last uh, couple of shows, uh, we were reading from Mitch Daniels' excellent uh, commencement address at Purdue University, in which he talks about uh, pretending as if there's only one goal, only one danger, and how that's a a form of cowardice and not leadership. Uh, An ongoing theme today will be 
what we were talking about uh, to some extent last segment, and that's ignoring the realities in front of our faces and why government officials do that. And there are a couple of reasons. Number one, there's just protecting them, covering their own butts. There's also naked self-interest, and I'm reminded of that. I'm going to talk about the bums and junkies and the the amount of money that's being budgeted to, uh, to solve the homeless problem in various parts of America. And it's now running into the tens of billions of dollars. The, one of the great Armstrong and Getty principles, 11-C, is that if money is spent, somebody's getting it. Who's getting it? What are they doing with it? Is it doing any good? Who's getting all this money? Why did you choose them? Right, right. I bring this up because a new report is out by the Bay Area Council. Now, this is the Bay Area of uh, California, one of the bum and junkie capitals of the world, along with Seattle, Portland, and L.A. And this uh, this think tank said it will take $11.8 billion to house every homeless person in the Bay Area. They're advocating spending $12 billion and then $2.5 billion a year to maintain the roofs over the heads of the 35,000 or so people. I assume this is with the assumption that not one single new homeless person will show up in the Bay Area, even though you've set out you know, a bowl of food <laughs> to attract more right. yeah. homeless people. You've made it enormously comfortable and indeed lucrative to be a junkie or a bum. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you expect that number to stay the same. That's hilarious. It would be hilarious if it were not, you know, involving the theft of taxpayer money. I, I mentioned there's one bright spot, London Breed of uh, San Francisco. She's the mayor. Um it talked about the the huge amount of money she wants to pour into the problem, but she did also say that some of the money is going to be for enforcement. She said, we can't have people on the street. Um, you either, let's see, where is the quote? Um, for those exhibiting harmful behavior, whether to themselves or to others, or those refusing assistance, we will use every tool we have to get them into treatment and services to get them indoors. We won't accept people just staying on the streets when we have a place for them to go. Like that? Right, indeed. That's a, a ray of hope. But this uh, this think tank that wants to spread around uh, $12 billion and then billions per year afterward are ignoring what Mike Kaufman the uh, the mayor of Aurora, Colorado, wrote about, and we were sharing this with you the other day, there is no overlap, none, between the in-shelters trying to get back on their feet crowd and the tent city junkies. There's no overlap. They're different, the pe- they're different crowds that yeah. for some reason got the same name, homeless. Yeah, exactly. The tent city drinking, drugging, fornicating, stealing crowd, they want to live a hippie lifestyle like that, with no uh, offense to our hippie friends. They want to live like that. They are not waiting for government assistance so they can get back on their feet. They're not desperate for some little apartment at $500,000 a unit, L.A. Um, they are doing what they want to do. And, you know, at least London Breed went ahead and admitted, yeah, there's some people don't want any help. They don't want any services, and we got to get them the hell off the street. And until we recognize that truth in front of our faces, we're going to continue to see our parks ruined, our business districts screwed up. 
you know, people crapping in the streets and the rest of it. You've got to recognize reality. And I know you've gone to city council meetings in liberal towns where they they act like every single person who's right. not living in a 3,500-square-foot suburban home is, is a victim just, of our evil white supremacy capitalist system. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, I, I, just the homeless industrial complex, it is the latest shiny object, the latest, you know, uh, what do they call it, the, the sinkhole money pit to throw enormous amounts of money at because somebody gets that money. It's spreading dollars around to firm up coalitions and keep votes rolling in. It's as simple as that. Wake up! Uh, This just in, Dr. Fauci calling on China to release medical records of Wuhan researchers. That's hilarious. Fauci's absolutely been involved in the cover-up. I become convinced of that. Um, yeah, I want to hear more of this since you read the whole Vanity Fair article. I just saw the highlights. It's 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 uh, it's becoming more clear to me what what it looks like happened there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There are a number of figures in the United States government who had promoted the type of research they were doing at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and I have some really information, interesting information on the Institute, they had actively promoted the gain-of-function research, though it was controversial. And when word came out that, that or when evidence made it clear that a leak from the Wuhan Institute was a strong possibility, they went into overdrive threatening anybody who dared reveal that information because it would come back to them. Multiple people named in the United States government that were actively covering up for the communist Chinese. Well, to to give the most charitable view of it, you might have had people who just honestly believe this is really important research. This is going to save the planet. Oh, I don't doubt that. This gain of function, and if it gets shut down, because uh, you know, I I like the uh, quote from somebody in the article that if this had come out, they were concerned this was going to be their Chernobyl Three Mile Island that ended nuclear power in the United States. Right, because right. everybody got scared of nuclear power, so they were worried that man, if 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 word comes out that we do this research and it leaked out of the lab and caused all these problems, that's the end of us giving getting research dollars for this very important project that we all believe in. So they right. didn't, they didn't want that to be true. Right, and I realize we're offering the analysis before some of the evidence, but um, that's a great point you make, and and. You have to understand, this is how people behave. And that's why you have to limit government and have transparency. These guys who are in favor of the gain-of-function research, perhaps for the, the, the most pure of motives, as you put it, they are very much, and this is going to be, this is a brutal metaphor, but I'm using it on purpose. They are guys who convinced their, their spouse, for instance, that they should have a gun in the home, and then a shot rings out from the kid's playroom, and they were mm. they were terrified. They knew the worst had happened, the, the 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 unimaginable thing that they had assured the world would not happen had, and they went full on cover up. People in our own government. Interesting, and of all places, that comes out of Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah, an insufferably smug liberal publication, but they did some pretty good research. Yeah, good for them. 
We're going to talk to Lonnie Chen next hour about uh, some politics, maybe some of that, like how how do uh, government officials end up, you know, covering their own asses uh, as their primary goal. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to ask him um, how big a deal he thinks this whole critical race theory is as an issue. If people are starting to catch on to what it is, um, and uh, if if it's going to work, because a, a number of Republicans, almost all Republicans seem to think it's a an issue that they can latch on to for the next mm-hmm. election. Maybe yeah. the next several cycles of elections. So we'll get into some of the particulars of the Vanity Fair Wuhan piece in a couple of minutes. Some of the uh, the evidence and, and the names and the people and what they did are, are pretty easy to understand. Uh, the town of Greenville in western Ohio has a serial pooper. This happens every now and then where somebody mm. is going around pooping in public and... Uh, Man, I'm just telling you, if you lean that way as a as a as a as a weird compulsion or kink, the golden age of that is over because there are there are video cameras or doorbell cameras everywhere now. The golden age of being able to just go around and poop on the high school football field or in your neighbor's driveway or whatever. The good times are over because there are cameras everywhere and they will catch you. I'm looking at the guy's face and he looks like the sort of guy who would poop in your driveway. Some people just have that look. This guy has that look. Your profile. <laughs> Among the things we'll talk about coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It, it's, it's happened. I was just having a conversation with a co-worker. For the first time, I am now... Uh, annoyed that I have to wear a mask. It now is starting to make me mad that I'm being forced to wear a mask. I'll still yeah. do it. It's not a big deal, but for the first time in this whole thing, really? It's just so stupid. Anyway. If you're vaccinated. So Vanity Fair, as we've mentioned, has a long, even by their standards, piece on the lab leak theory of the origin of the coronavirus, specifically having to do with the Wuhan Institutes of Virology, fascinating fact on that institute coming up in moments okay this piece is so long and there's so much to it i've struggled with how to present it um i'm just gonna throw a bunch of stuff at you and and it'll come together i think you should present it through interpretive dance that's one thought um anyway they they begin the article talking about gilles damanouf who is a data scientist with the bank of new zealand Auckland. he's diagnosed with asperger's syndrome he says he's really good at seeing patterns in data where huh. other people don't it's wow. one of those weird offshoots of asperger's syndrome and uh and his interest he's a professional data researcher now um and uh, so keep him in mind. But they mentioned that early last spring, as cities worldwide were shutting down to halt the spread of the COVID-19, he began reading up on the origin of, of the SARS and the whole wet market leapt to humans theory. The Hunan wholesale market in the city of Wuhan, they describe it. Uh, that wasn't the only theory, though. Wuhan is also home to China's foremost coronavirus research laboratory, housing one of the world's largest collections of bat samples and bat virus strains. Then they mentioned the lead coronavirus researcher, Xi Jinping, the so-called bat lady, first uh, to identify horseshoe bats as natural reservoirs of various SARS and COVID uh, stuff. 
Um, after SARS bats became a major subject of study for virologists around the world, and she became known in China as the Batwoman for her fearless exploration of their caves to collect samples, more recently she and her colleagues at the WIV had performed high-profile experiments that made pathogens more infectious. Such research, known as gain-of-function, has generated heated controversy among virologists. And to some, it seemed natural to ask whether the virus causing the global pandemic had, pandemic had come out of the lab. On February 19th, 2020, The Lancet, among the most respected and influential medical journals in the world, published a statement, I think we all remember, that roundly rejected the lab leak hypothesis, effectively casting it as a xenophobic cousin to climate change denialism and anti-vaxism. Signed by 27 scientists, the statement expressed, quote, and, and dig this phrase, solidarity with all scientists and health professionals in China. Oh, and asserted, boy, thanks for that. What, what does that mean? And asserted, quote, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. That's interesting. They're conflating the idea that it was a carefully engineered bioweapon with the idea that, yeah. no, there was legit research going on and it leaked. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Well, they were claiming it was a weapon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I heard some people, but that you know that wasn't like the lead idea. Yeah, Steve Bannon was out there pitching that idea, which clouded the waters completely. But uh, the Lancet statement effectively ended the debate over COVID nineteen's origins before it began. To uh, Mister Dumanoof, who we were talking about earlier, uh, it was as if it had been nailed to the church doors, establishing the natural origin theory as orthodoxy. Quote: Everyone had to follow it. Everyone was intimidated. That set the tone. But the statement struck him as totally non-scientific. It seemed to contain no evidence or information. So he began to bring his own inquiry in the prop with no idea of what he would find. Among the things he found was a history of lab breaches in China, researching SARS-related viruses. Um, And they mentioned a couple specifics. And then in looking into the Wuhan Institute of Virology, it's not a laboratory at all. It's a center that houses multiple laboratories. Only one of them has the highest biosafety protocol, BSL-4, in which researchers must wear full-body pressurized suits with independent oxygen. Others are designated BSL-3 or BSL-2, roughly as secure as an American dentist's office. Wow. And China has a history of if things get crowded over there in that refrigerator or that lab, they'll just go ahead and do it in that lab that's not nearly as safety rated. There's a history of this. And so these guys start posting this stuff, and other people said, hey, wait a minute, you're doing some good work. We'd like to help. This is our field of expertise. And they formed an ad hoc commission uh, to solve the riddle of COVID-19's origin. Now, reestablishing their obnoxious progressive credentials of Vanity Fair, and I think this is partly to excuse themselves, talks about the obvious racism of Donald Trump and how his blaming China led to assaults on Asian people across America without any evidence, by the way. Right. Boy, we got a vehement email the other day from somebody who lives in Oakland, says, yeah, all of this is black men beating up old Chinese people. They got nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's interesting. I was actually talking to Ying Ma yesterday, who's been on this show many times, who's been on various shows all across the country as as an Asian girl trying to make the point that it's an awful lot of it is black on Asian crime. Anyway, we don't want to get hung up on that. Yeah, so they mentioned uh, uh, Steve Bannon and Donald Trump, and, and it just made it so easy 
to uh, the excuse to reject it out of hand was it's more of Trump's lies, including right. in Vanity Fair. Uh, but then they mentioned, all right, so millions of people are now dead, et cetera, et cetera. Um, bah, 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 bah. Okay, now we get into the U.S. State Department. A months-long Vanity Fair investigation, interviews with more than 40 people, reviews of hundreds of pages of U.S. government documents, including internal memos, meeting minutes, etc., uh, found that conflicts of interest stemming in part from large government grants supporting controversial virology research hampered the U.S. investigation in COVID-19's origin at every step. In one State Department meeting, and this is the, the convincing the family we need a gun in the home thing I was talking about earlier, in one State Department meeting, officials seeking to demand transparency from the Chinese government say they were explicitly told by colleagues, American State Department colleagues, not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to the U.S. government funding of it. Boy, that is really, really wild. That needs to be nailed down. Who was in that meeting? Who was saying that? And they need to be, uh, you know, brought before Congress and asked questions under oath. Well, they have the names, and I suspect they will be. But in an internal memo obtained by Vanity, Vanity Fair, Thomas DeNano, uh, former acting assistant secretary of the state's Department Bureau of Arms Control Verification Compliance, wrote that staff from two bureaus, his own and the Bureau of International Security and Nonproliferation, warned leaders within his bureau, quote, not to pursue an investigation into the origin of COVID-19 because it would, quote, open a can of worms if it continued. Yeah, it would open a can of worms. But the truth is, you know, the truth is the truth. you got to pursue the truth, even if it's a can of worms. Yeah, there is much, much more to this, and we'll sprinkle it in throughout the day, but it is absolutely clear to me what has happened. I prefer fresh worms as opposed to canned worms, but uh, that's up to you. However you get your worms. Fresh wormy goodness, I can't argue. Lon He Chen, political pundit, among other things, next hour. Armstrong and Getty.